Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast. This is the Hunt Cast, and you are joined here today by me, Corey Mueller. I'm the host on this podcast. I am the host, and I'm joined by my buddy, Tristan Baca. What's going on, my friend? Uh, I am not the host <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> you are a recurring guest. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this is the uh, HuntCast branch of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. If you are one of our Warrior Faithful, welcome back. And thanks for listening to some new shit that you can learn about. That's pretty sweet. Um, Today is going to be wrapped up right into a normal Weekly Warrior topic. We're going to be talking a lot about connection. Talking a lot about connection with nature, connection with each other. But first, we're going to talk about the most important thing to each and every one of us. We're going to talk about gear. <laughs> so we were going to talk about gear in our last episode, but we kind of ended up having a great chat and didn't come back around to it. So we're going to come back around to it now. Uh, we talked about our sort of initial gear setups on episode 151. And um, we also talked about like what how we'd like to have some gear setups. So. Some things have escalated, mostly with me because I am very impatient um, and I have a very loving and supportive wife. Connor, you are so beautiful if you're listening to this. And um, so things have escalated a little bit. So Tristan, well, let's get to you first. Is there anything new in the gear world that the folks at home would like to know about? So my only really big gear change... Um and I apologize if I offend any of the um, mechanical broadhead users out there. Um, nah, fuck them. Offend them. Um, sorry, <laughs> but from from other from other com- from one compound from a new compound hunter to maybe some other compound hunters, fixed blades are where it's at. Um, yeah. I got some new Q80 Exodus fixed blade broadheads, and I absolutely love them. The first time I screwed one of them on, and let an arrow fly out of my bow it was dead true field point accurate um Mm -hmm. and couldn't have really asked for anything more from like an off-the-shelf like box brand broadhead that isn't specialty and fancy schmancy like premium whatever yeah i think though like at the end of the day fixed blade broadheads are the way to go i think you made a wise move mechanical broadheads have a place for what, but it's so, uh, there's so many variables that go into a mechanical broadhead being successful on a hunt. And at the end of the day, what we want to do as hunters is be the most ethical. So we want the right tools. We want, we want the right ways to do that. And mechanical broadheads just have too many variables that can go wrong and fail. And so it's, it's a, still a very heated debate. But man, I'll tell you right now. If you use mechanical broadheads, you ain't even worth talking to, in my opinion. Um, that's coming from one traditional archer to a whole world of I don't give a shit who's listening. <laughs> so, yeah, your new fixed blades are pretty sweet. They're three blades, right? 
Yeah, they're three blades. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I had some. I had, I'm fired up right now. All right. <laughs> so speaking of broadheads, Tristan and I, uh, when we talked before, we talked about like our our dream arrow setup a little bit, and I have decided to, or I decided with my wife to make the choice and get into some iron wheels. Um, iron wheel broadheads are probably some of the best broadheads on the market currently. Um, just amazing. I, I would, I would, I would contest that and probably say probably. Yeah, it, 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 one of the best, if not the best, that's probably out there. I mean, the, the, any big time hunters out there, campaigns and all these guys are using these iron wheels. So I would say about like their, for the. For the price and the product that you get, they're they're definitely in the top three of current Absolutely. like premium level broadheads. Um, just it's I mean Bill, I believe his last name is Vander Hayden. Um, he's a mechanical engineer who's also a ridiculously passionate hunter, and he had broadheads failing, so he decided to start his own broadhead company. And he's a smart dude. He's super smart. And you listen to any podcast that he's done, you, you learn a ton about the way arrow flight and arrow velocity and arrow mass and all these things affect each other. And the broadheads themselves are made out of very high quality tool steel. Um, they're next to impossible to break and they're extremely sharp and extremely deadly. So that all being said... I decided to get myself into some 200 grain iron wheel wides. Um, you guys can't see this, but I'm showing Tristan. They come in a little wooden box, which is pretty sick, um, with the foam inserts, um, with the elk, the elk antler on there. And these things are just nasty. I pulled them out of the package and without even, I didn't sharpen them at all. And they, are sharp enough to cut the hair on my arm. They are attractive to look at. They've got three quarter inch bleeder blades on each side. So you're getting like a total, I believe the cut is on these wides. It's like two inches or closer to three inches. I can't remember exactly let me, how. Let me, let me fact check. Let me fact check yeah, on the website. Fact check me real quick. quick. Um, but yeah, so these iron wool wides were mainly developed for whitetail hunters because the V series and the S series were both getting like the pass throughs were so ridiculous on whitetails um, that they wanted something that was going to be maybe a little bit slower and cause more damage, especially at the ranges that whitetail hunting is mostly done. Um, so that's why I went with the wides. I also shoot a traditional bow, which means. Um, I'm not generating quite as much force as a compound archer and these wides just do a ridiculous amount of damage, um, breaking through like scapula spine to another scapula. I mean, the, the amount of, the amount of documentation of just incredibly damaging shots is, is, is there. And so ultimately that's why I went with the iron wells. Um, with that, yeah, go so ahead. And, what's iron, your fact? So checking? those iron wheel wides have a one and three quarter inch 
cut just on the big blade itself with the, the plus the three quarter inch cutting cutting blades blades. on both sides yeah so yeah you have you have over two inches of cutting diameter total with those iron wheel whites basically the whole idea with the wides butcher knives yeah exactly (laughs) yeah the whole idea with the with the wides was to make something that had um mechanical broadhead type cut with a fixed blade uh just package that's just better in general so um, the iron wheel wides, I haven't, obviously I haven't shot them yet. It's pouring rain outside. Didn't go out and shoot them, but, um, they are nasty looking and I cannot wait to use them. And plus it, it's a great company. I called their customer support to build my arrows out. They were super helpful. Um, so, so far I've had a great experience. I actually am going to try to reach out and get bill wild bill on the podcast. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm going to give it a shot. Um, I also went out and got their 200 grain field tips because the field tips are designed to fly like the broadheads and I wanted as much consistency as I could. So I got those. Um, So yeah, iron will. I also got some impact collars. Impact collars basically go on the end of your arrow. I know you guys can't probably see this right now, but basically they're stainless steel collars that go on the end of the arrow that prevent this you know the end of the arrow from breaking when you make impact on stuff um i ha- i got the wrong size so i'm gonna have to get a different size but iron will customer service is taking care of me um so yeah that was my purchase from iron will that was uh, super cool and like i said connor was very supportive of that decision and um the vpa three blades that i currently have on my bow there's nothing wrong with those. They're great broadheads. Um, I think at the price point, those were like $65 for three of them. So that's like a middle ground. They're still very nice, but they're just not the iron. They're not as good as iron wheels, just period, point blank. Iron wheels are better. So I went with those. Um, going on further with my arrows, I did get new arrows um, from what I had before. I now am rocking the Easton traditional only uh, arrow, 400 spine. Um, and these are custom wrapped with bare uh, wrapping. So they're like green and white cursive bear, paying homage to Fred Bear, obviously, with uh, green and white fletching. And they are very attractive arrows. Um, I won't be shooting them very much except for at animals. Um, I got another half dozen or whatever to uh, practice with. But. And then on the back of my arrow, I ended up getting for these three lighted or the three iron will broadheads because I do not want to lose them. I got three lighted knocks um, in green. So my arrow now is going to look sick. It's going to be brown and green um, with the lighted knock. And that is my new arrow setup. I'm going to be looking at about a 550 grain arrow coming out of a 60 pound bow. Um, Obviously, it's not a compound bow, so I'm not shooting as fast as like Tristan does, but it will be plenty for what purposes With that I'm using iron them for. Wide, I don't see you having any problems harvesting anything that you get a good shot on. Pretty much. And the nice thing with these iron wool wides, um, I can pretty much hunt any any North American big game species with these um, and not have a problem. So... Um, I'm hoping to have these, I'm hoping that these broadheads will last me 
ideally, you know, the next decade, hopefully longer. Um, they do have a lifetime warranty if anything ever happens besides losing them, which is why I got the lighted Knox. So super pumped about it. That is super cool. Um, other gear. I talked to you guys about Origin a lot when we previously recorded. Um, and basically, at the time of that recording, I had received one piece of my Origin kit, and I had ordered six pieces. Since then, I've now received three. I have the t-shirt, the Nano Wool Ninja hoodie, and the Nano Wool base layer leggings. And I've hunted with that Nano Wool hoodie a lot. It's got a built-in face mask. And I love it. Um, really, really like it. It's a great, it's going to be a great base layer for when it gets really cold. And it's been a great just outer layer for when it's been warmer. Um, I have the pants coming. They're coming tomorrow. And the stealth wool jacket is coming tomorrow. So Origin USA, all of this stuff is made in America. The first ever mass production hunting lineup ever made from 100% in America. So if you're looking to get some, originusa.com. They got jeans and boots and the hunting gear, obviously, and t-shirts. I've just, I've got a couple pairs of their jeans now, which are fantastic. If you're looking for uh, some of their stuff, use code Mueller101. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R in all caps, and then 101, and you'll get 10% off all all your orders. And I'm just telling you right now, it might feel a little bit more expensive, but it's just good. You're investing into something that's good. You're not supporting sweatshop workers. You know what I'm saying? You know, at the end of the day, I don't think it's. I don't think the price is all that much steeper than anything. It's not Sitka really or yeah. first light or anything out there that you can get. I was comparing some first light stuff to some origin stuff just myself the other day, mm-hmm. and I, I was looking at this first light like pullover, um, just because I like the pullover, and it was. It was more expensive than the nano wool, and I think the nano wool has more versatility mm-hmm. than the one, that pullover would have. The one thing I'll say with Origin right now and where they're kind of at with things, this is this is their first run with hunting stuff. So like when you look at like Sitka and First Light and Kuyu and Kifaru and all these like higher end hunting clothing brands, their stuff is super technical and um very well developed but it's all made in foreign countries and so um like first light is a great company they have good stuff so does sitka obviously like all of those brands make quality items they're all made overseas and origin like they have a very simple lineup of things that are meant to be layered and work together and i can i can tell you that so far the camo the pattern itself has worked fine for me. I've had animals walk up. Like I told, I was talking in the last episode about a deer that walked up right on me. I had a raccoon walk 10 yards away from me and didn't even know I was there. So it's worth, and like you said, the prices are very comparable. Um, and I think that over the next year or two, their line will continue to expand and grow and get a little bit more technical. The biggest thing you're going to have to be patient with, with this company is shipping times because they're making everything to order basically. Um, so just be patient. This shit is good though. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have like a full kind of like lineup review once I get it. Um, once I get the rest of it, I have a, the Kilo hoodie and Raptor camo coming, stealth wool jacket, 
um, and the pants. And then at that point, I'll have almost the entire lineup except for the 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 uh, stow jacket. So, um, yeah, I'll have a pretty good I will idea. Be on the Origin train very soon. Yeah, I mean, very very soon. Origin as a company, everything that I love, what they stand for, and I have some first light. I have a pair of first light gloves. Um, they make some like merino wool gloves, which are nice, but they're made in China. And, um, as soon as origin makes some gloves like that, I'll be buying them or another company that makes a similar product that's made in America. Um, I won't hesitate to buy them. So yeah, that's kind of my gear update. Um, I can't think of anything else at this point, um, that I've purchased. The iron wheels were, was a big, was a big one that kind of was just, man, just look at that. I'm showing Tristan right now just to make him jealous. Look at that shine, man! I I'll be I'll be on the Iron Wheel train t- too. <laughs> yep, yep. So. We'll, we'll see. We'll see who gets to draw blood with one first. That's what I'm. I I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm gonna throw the field points on and start practicing because they are a little bit heavier. I'll end up shooting. It's like another what twenty five grains heavier. Um, and if I can shoot them accurately, quickly, I'm hunting with these like. As soon as possible. <laughs> so, yeah, good stuff. And the and the lighted knocks too. I'm excited to see those in action. These are the replacement ones. Remember those other ones? They were super loose. These fit like super tight. Um, good. That's I'm glad. That, I'm glad that those fit better. Yeah, the guys at Luminoc were super super helpful in helping me figure. Yeah, that's out what also I a really good company. That's also yeah. a really good company if anybody likes to shoot those lighted knocks. Um, yeah. Really, the, really good customer service. Really, really high quality, mm-hmm. quite high quality product. It's really not for show. Like it, it works. It's quality. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not. And especially if you're investing into like these, like an iron wheel, like an expensive broadhead. What even if it's not an iron wheel, you want to be able to recover your arrow and a lighted knock. A, it helps you do that. But B. And Tristan, you probably know this better than I do. A lighted knock allows you to follow that arrow path a lot better. So you can, you know, especially in lower light conditions, you can kind of guess better where you hit. Well, and and that kind of goes to I, I did it for specifically that reason, because I knew I might be shooting a little further from a tree. Um, and being a newer hunter, I wanted to be able to see where that arrow was going to go, mm-hmm. where I hit judge how long i needed to sit and let that animal sit right to expire and you know i just felt like those benefits fit me Mm -hmm. um i'm not sure i i'm not sure your reasoning behind your lighted knocks um, I mainly 100%. just didn't want to lose the iron wheels <laughs> like if we're being Fair I, enough. It, and i mean i'm taking close enough shots where like i'm not as concerned about I'm I'm concerned about shot placement, but I'm shooting close enough that I will be able to see it. Um, I was mainly concerned with when I release the arrow. Now I can watch the flight path, see where it exits, find it very easily, and also have the added benefit of being able to map the shot out a little bit more. Like that clearly went right behind the shoulder, or that clearly went a little high, or whatever. Because um, with traditional archery, um, we're not quite as pinpoint. <laughs> as you compound hunters uh i'd like to be but it's just not as realistic uh to be quite as accurate well not when uh, not when you don't have a peep sight 
and other things like that to help yeah. you out and stuff like that. I mean, yep. Yeah, next year I might hunt with a compound like bow too, though. I've got that uh, that older bear compound bow that somebody gave me that is currently being rehabbed. <laughs> I'm telling you what. I'm telling you what. I think you should buy my bow when I get my new Matthews. I'm not going to. You can't make me. <laughs> I think you should buy. My, I think you should buy my. I think you should buy my Hoyt. I'm gonna hunt with that bear polar limited next year. That compound bow, 65 pound draw for an old bow, like 65 pound draw on an old compound bow is pretty sweet. <laughs> it is pretty sweet. I'm gonna I'm gonna it take that sweet. thing to I'm, Jay's and they're gonna restore it for me and I'm gonna be out in the woods with that son of a gun next year because it was it's a super cool piece of history and still very effective. Um, but it just needs a little love. Needs a little love. Speaking of love, Tristan. We're going to talk about some stuff here that is a little a little deeper and we kind of touched on it the last time that we recorded um you said something to me when after we went out um that was that I had always kind of known but having I mean having somebody else tell you makes makes it a little more real you were talking about how happy that getting out in the woods was making you and just the feeling of this is where you're meant to be. And um, I kind of wanted to touch on some of this stuff and, and pick your brain about, about it a little bit. So was this the first time that you kind of felt that way? Was this the first time you fully realized it? What's the, give me, give me a little bit more of a rundown on, on where that's um, at. I think, I think me knowing that my life is meant to be spent outside, I guess has been something that I've always known. I mean, because I've always been in, you know, uh, the, the fisherman um, hunting, um, more so a hunter now than probably ever have been in the past at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I always knew uh, camping, hiking, all that stuff. I always knew I enjoyed being outside more than anything else. But actually now so immersing myself into the outdoors and being out hunting and being able to experiencing that with somebody else that I also consider to be, you know, a, 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 a brother at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we, it's the nature's power is very interesting over your emotions and very interesting over how you perceive the world and how humble you are and how you think about your relationships and, it's it's kind of hard to describe i guess you just kind of know when you're mm -hmm. out there yeah you just kind of know it feels right when we so um, on the weekly warrior we talk a lot about nature and uh, and it's and it's sort of power over you you know when you go out and bones talks about this a lot he feels a certain type of way when he's on a hike and it's quiet and the sounds of nature are what's around him and he's disconnected from his phone and he's disconnected from from all of that is there a lot of that same kind of feelings for you when you get out and um absolutely you're just so connected to who you are as a person and not the outside world world is and and i guess what society deems is what is normal and how we should feel and how we should be and how we should act and you can just be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah. it's it's so freeing 
getting away from, you know, the everyday work and, you know, relationships and everything else. It's nice to just go be. It's yeah. healing for the soul. I think that the thing with nature is we as humans, you know, we are we were one with nature at one point. And I think that over the last couple hundred years, we've sort of fought that a bit and moved away from it to a point. And nature has sort of become like a vacation. But one of the one of my favorite things is when we get to go camping for extended periods of time and your body is allowed to get into that more natural circadian rhythm. Um, you go to bed when the sun goes down. You wake up when the sun comes up. And when you're not attached to that sense of time and you're just attached to you're just in rhythm with the world that's a pretty special place and i think that for most of us it's where we go to kind of like file things away so i often use that term um during my motorcycle trips in the past i've used that term of filing things away i think of it like as our brains is like a file cabinet and when you do something like go out in nature and go for a hike or go hunt like uh, or go on a motorcycle ride or whatever, which even that is getting outside. Um, I, I look at it like, you know, you're kind of, you're moving through your file cabinet and you're putting stuff kind of where it needs to go. Um, and it's a, it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. And I think something that we've experienced is that it's also powerful to experience it with somebody else. Um, and it's completely changed our friendship. For the better, oh, 100%. since we started this journey. Yeah, absolutely. And so we, we both know a bit about camaraderie and building relationships. I, you, you, know, you have former military experience. I have a lot of sports experience. And then also like where we used to work. A lot of that, I mean, shared suffering and experiences builds that, those bonds and, and that camaraderie. What is it? Do you feel that? the outdoor experience sort of the way that we've chosen to go about it is the same type of building of those relationships or, or how do you view it? Absolutely. I mean, I've got to know and understand that you might be the person to come and scrape me off the ground. If I fall out of my tree stand, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if, if we're being a hundred percent blunt about it, I mean, so you kind of have to trust your, trust that person when you're out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, on a hunt, we heard what twenty five to thirty coyotes. Yes, you Spooky. have to be able to trust. You have to be able to trust the people that the, that you're with when you're mm-hmm. out. You know, in the woods, in the back country. I mean, and so I mean that in itself brought us closer. Not mm-hmm. to mention that we have you know mutual ways of kind of seeing nature and seeing the world, and have a mutual like vision of what we want hunting to look like. Um, and I think being outdoors and experiencing that together brought us closer in that aspect too, because now we're just doing it together. We're hunting together. We're, we're, we're making the decisions together. We've learned a lot about each other and our limits. Um, I mean, that well, I could go on and on about mm-hmm. just the different things we've probably learned about each other from the experiences we've had, and also kind of playing off each other's strengths and weaknesses. Um, I mean, having to sit on the ground that day, I had to kind of watch you making a little impromptu blind and just kind of <laughs> roll with it, you know. <laughs> 
Um, and the same thing if we walked into an area and we were like, hey, you can't sit on the ground here or they're going to see you. You need to climb up in this tree. I have mm-hmm. a second tree stand. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and that goes that you know, we learn a lot from each other. Um, I think me being in a tree and you being on the ground has brought some different strengths to the party and me being able to see on mm-hmm. APSI that night. It's a, it's like oh, a when the yeah like a spotter it's like a spotter mm-hmm. sniper relationship almost 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 because you're up it there was, you can see it, literally it everything cool to see and that I'm just kind of relying on you to relay some of that information. Mm-hmm. But also, you were able to see that deer in the woods that I couldn't yet. Mm-hmm. That's exa- yeah, I mean, yeah however, exactly. She she did walk like five feet behind you too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't see her, I probably had no business being there. <laughs> when I t- when I when I tell you I'm sitting in a tree stand and I get a selfie of Corey with a doe, <laughs> I get a pic. I get a selfie of Corey with a doe sitting in a tree stand. I'm. <laughs> it's so trash, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I am that's, one that's, with that's nature. Trad. That's that's all the way trad. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, and, yeah. It, it, and it was cool seeing the picture of like her ears were just kind of, she was calm. Mm-hmm. Like she, she knew something was there, but she wasn't really too freaked out by you. It was cool. Yeah. Um, and, and that was kind been, of a cool experience. Uh, I couldn't do anything anyway. <laughs> and that was kind of a cool experience to know that, uh, you know, that we're just together in the same like 50 yard vicinity, knowing that you shot, saw a deer and took a picture with a deer. I mean, it's just cool experiencing it together. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I uh, we've definitely experienced some benefits of sort of hunting together. Uh real quick, my my biggest thing that I will say about hunting with somebody else, uh especially someone that you def- like you trust is your I like for me personally, I'm way more willing to go into some scary shit um and like push myself a little bit further than I would if I was by myself um just because of the nature of what it is like I understand that like going out into the woods inherently is kind of dangerous but being able to mitigate some of those risks is nice and going out with someone who knows like I I know that you're about that shit and, and that you got my back like I'm not I wasn't even worried about it like 25 coyotes let's I mean let's do it you know what i mean i'm not well even... shit the upside down that early morning Fuck. yeah uh, yeah i mean <laughs> yes yeah. was... it's stuff like that dude it and was it was spooky back in there that night it's it that it, early morning. walking back and you know and i felt comfortable enough i probably wouldn't have felt comfortable enough to even go back there on my own and let alone to go back there and then fall asleep under a tree knowing i mean i knew you were 10 yards away and just having that level of comfortability for me is really pleasant. Um, so for you, what are some benefits like that you, that come to mind when you think of hunting together with, and with me, with somebody else, whatever. Being able to bounce some ideas off, ideas off somebody else and kind of have a sounding board. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to bounce like, Hey, you know, this is the way the wind is moving. This is how I think the deer are going to move. Well, mm, maybe I've seen a move this way. I think this is how it's going to move because of the thermal and this temperature. It's nice to be able to have somebody to bounce stuff off of. 
um, also somebody, you know, when you throw out something that might throw your hunt off, you can, you've got somebody else to check you too a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and even just throwing you a quick text of when I'm going to go hunt separately here, you know, hunting together separately, I guess is when I'm, yeah, 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 yeah is something that I like we're on the too. same, we're on um, the same area, but we're in separate spots. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being able to talk about the conditions, you know, I might, I had a little bit better idea how the wind was moving because I was up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gives me a little bit more of a distinct advantage to be able to let Corey know, like, hey, the wind's coming this way. So it might start working its way this direction because you're in this, this sort of topography. Right. Um, and that that heads up could may or may not mean the difference between harvest or not and absolutely future. yep i would like absolutely. to I, I i i would like to hope that it will at some mm-hmm. point yeah absolutely i would agree with that 100 percent um so what are like what's a downside of hunting with somebody else that you can think of off the top of your head not being able to be quiet because you're hunting with your buddy Mm -hmm. (laughs) um Mm -hmm. that's a that's a that's a big thing we that we fell victim to that a couple of times Um, i look at it like this it's it's a both a downside and an upside i look at it like when you walk into a coffee house you got that group of old men sitting around the table just bullshitting i think that that's a very important thing especially for guys to do i mean like obviously for everybody to do but i think guys being able to to have that time and yes us sitting around talking in the woods is not gonna probably get us a deer however it's not always about killing an animal that's not the entire reason why we do this and i think i think i know that and i think you know that um but that's something that i want to reinforce with with everyone listening is like a big reason why i do this is the social aspect of it because it's a community, and when you find people that you connect with in that community, it's fun, and uh, it's like the deer camp thing. You go to deer camp, and you hang out, and you you bullshit, and you get to have a good time, and and that's what makes all of it worth it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Talk, talking in the woods might be doing something bad, but it's for a good cause. Yeah, I can I can forgive not harvesting a deer this one time. I think we both feel a big sense of urgency because it's our first season. And like, we both really want to make a good, we want to, we want to have that first shot on a deer and like make it really good and, and, uh, have a good experience with it. But at the end of the day, obviously harvesting an animal is important, but building these relationships and, um, having these experiences in general, obviously I'd like to, I'd like to do both, but I mean, I'll remember sitting in the woods bullshitting just as much as I will, you know, when one of us finally <laughs> yeah. harvests a deer. Oh, yeah. We'll always, we'll always remember the time taking a nap out in the woods and bullshitting yeah. for 45 minutes sitting under <laughs> after a, yeah. we knew we were going to... Sitting under a tree and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, being a little scared. <laughs> yeah, being a little scared. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's the cool thing about all this is it's... um. It's, it's fun to get, 
you know, to dive into it and to dive into the gear and, but it's even more fun when you're doing it with other people who are like-minded, um, because everyone's got a different hunting philosophy, you know what I mean? And I do think that there's niche, you know, circles for everyone. Some people just want to sit They're They're deer shooters. They're not deer hunters and so on and so forth. And, um, there are different ways to do everything. And we're going to, we're going to have episodes about, you know, some differences that Tristan and I even have, but ultimately we all agree on one oh, thing yeah. that the ethics of a clean kill is all that matters. And as long as you're doing that, then, you know, everything else is realistically just a difference of opinion. So as long as you're not torturing an animal, then we can agree to disagree on some stuff. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We're not about animal torture over here. No. So Tristan, do you have any other closing thoughts nature. on this topic uh, before we before we sign off here? Um, yeah, hunt, ground hunting versus stand hunting. If you're going to hunt together with somebody on the ground, you have to think about scent control just a little bit differently. Um, and that's kind of a challenge that I didn't think we really thought about until I was like halfway up the tree. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um where you were just like man if i sit here and they come out of that corner um they're gonna win me before you even see them mm-hmm. yep and you know and it, it actually ended up being the truth pretty um, much yeah because they ended up winding you later on anyway because <laughs> i charged at them like an idiot <laughs> that didn't help yes <laughs> yeah no that did not help but um so I mean, but overall, that was a good decision for you to move down a little bit further so you mm-hmm. wouldn't be dumping wind into where I was thinking those deer were going to be at because where yep. my stand was, it was kind of in a, a really special, like, off-wind area where it was going to work if I was on my own, pretty much. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, that's really about the only other thing I can think about. I mean, what do you got? Well, not much. I think that my my take home message is kind of I'll just reinstate is, you know, get out there with somebody, uh, go on the journey together. And um, it's way more fun that way. And when you can kind of walk that path together a little bit and share experiences and um, that kind of forges lifetime friendships because. Uh, you're going through those shared experiences and you have a, the, the same goal. Um, so get out there and, and find, uh, get out there and find your hunting buddy and make it happen. And uh, I think that's where I'm going to leave it today. And we have much more to go. We've got a long season left ahead of us. So uh, hopefully the oh, next yeah, time we, we record, we'll have uh, some successful harvest to report. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I actually think we should really do an episode on um, kind of where our future of hunting might go and Mm. plans beyond maybe next season. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good Um, idea. Talk about some some long-term goals and maybe some dreams, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. We, We will do that on the next HuntCast. So thank you guys for joining us. We will see you next week here on the Weekly Warrior Podcast. And as always, don't forget to discover your warrior within.